الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم واما من خاف مقام ربه ونهى النفس عن الهوى فان الجنه هي الماوى صدق الله العظيم most respected students of deen brothers and sisters there are some universally accepted aspects nobody has any difference of opinion in these things and the main thing in that is death so everybody accepts that a time will come when we have to leave this world nobody whoever he may be whatever he may be whether he is a muslim obviously and even if he is a christian or a jew or a hindu or if he is a worst atheist also person who totally rejects the existence of allah taala and auzubillah even he has no way but to accept that there is something like death and that will come it will come to him also it will come to everybody around him also so this is the first thing that we have to bear in mind that death is a certainty when will death come that is something also which nobody can ever say one person tried to commit suicide so he had planned it at a certain time is going to be his last moment certain time he's going to take his own life so he planned to commit suicide at a particular time thinking that that will be the last moment of his existence in dunya but when that moment came then something happened one is somebody put it in a little bit of a different way it's a serious thing but somebody make a little joke out of it that there is one bridge somewhere in america and many people jump from that bridge to take their life so one person also decided that a certain day certain time he is going to go and he is going to take his life he is going to jump from the bridge and that's going to be the end of it so in other words he also now determined from his side and decided on his own accord that this like for example he would have said maybe like tomorrow 12 o'clock he's going to jump from there and that's the end of him so he went there at quarter to 12 the next day but when he got there there was such a long queue he came way back he said leave it for another time so this is a tragic thing that so many people it might not have been true it just was for the lesson of it that a person cannot predict or determine when is going to be his death only allah taala knows when that appointed time will come and that appointed time is not linked to anybody's age to anybody's health condition to anybody's wealth condition it comes to the rich it comes to the poor it comes to the healthy it comes to the sick it comes to the old it comes to the very young also there is no guarantee that we are going to live till tomorrow Oh, we got we are going to see tonight also so this is the first thing that death is a certainty and 
when the death will come is also uncertain. So what we understand from this is very clearly is that life is very, very temporary. It's a very temporary phase. As long as sometimes it may seem, but it is really nothing in comparison to the everlasting Akhirat. There is no comparison. In order to just merely explain it in some way that we may be able to understand, the Akhirat is like an ocean and the dunya is like somebody has dipped his finger in that ocean and pulled it out, how much of water sticks to his finger. So that too is still something that can be compared. The reality is that the life of dunya has no comparison with the life of akhirat. Because the life of akhirat is eternal and the life of dunya is very, very temporary. So the one very important thing is to keep reminding ourselves of what a temporary place this dunya is. Very temporary. And to keep reminding ourselves that the akhirat is eternal and also something that could be imminent, something that could happen now, that we could be gone to the akhirat. Nobody has any guarantee. In a few seconds time a person can be gone. In a few minutes time a person can be gone. Not long ago, somebody had come to Ispingo Beach to visit one of his relatives. So he came, he sat with them, he ate and spoke with them, happy, jovial, laughing. And then suddenly he was gone in the house that he came to visit. Now, neither did anybody who was sitting with him or he himself could have predicted that in a few minutes time, this person won't be around in dunya anymore. This is the reality of life. How and how often this kind of thing happens it's not one or two cases every now and again you hear of somebody has suddenly passed away the person wasn't sick in any way the person was very young the person was healthy everything was fine but the time came and he was gone so the first thing is dunya is very temporary and death is certainly going to come when it will come that is very uncertain it could come any time and the akhirat, this is eternal. This is never ending. So what is the way that any intelligent person will handle this situation in? For example, a person goes to study to become something. He is going to become an engineer, some doctor, whatever. So the person is gone to study. Where is he gone to study? Maybe like nowadays many people are going to study to China. Now China is another country all far away. The whole culture is different there. The food is a very big situation for people who go from South Africa because there's a whole different style there. And there's so many difficulties. So why does a person undertake these difficulties? The living conditions are very different. And then for a person who has taqwa, there are huge additional challenges for him. 
because now he's going to save himself from all the temptations, all the haram, he's far away from home, he has nobody to oversee him, and nobody apparently to answer to, in terms of his parents, in terms of other family members, he's in a place where nobody knows him, but the person has taqwa in his heart, he's away, Allah is watching, my parents are not here, my family is not here, but Allah is watching. But now he is being subjected to all kinds of temptations to haram all the time. And this is not just some just some hypothetical talk, something that just being made up for the sake of being spoken. We're talking about what people give a first-hand account of what the situation is. So based on their first-hand description of the situation, this is what is being said. That this is a constant bombardment on a person from every direction, from the attacks of nafs and shaitan, to fall into various sins. But now this person has taqwa, he's conscious of Allah Ta'ala. So on the one hand, he's bearing the living conditions, he's bearing the problems that come from various different directions, in terms of the food, the weather maybe, people he doesn't know, person is sick, there's nobody to care for him there, Everything of this is a challenge. And then in terms of his deen, there's a challenge. But people still go. People still endure the time there. Why? What makes a person enjoy it? So the person endures all this, and not one or two, millions of people around the world endure some challenge or the other of this nature. Why? Because they see that sacrifice as something only for a temporary period, for a short term, and behind that short term sacrifice, and that short term difficulties that they are going to endure, they see long term benefits. Long term benefits which will last them a lifetime. How long that lifetime is, nobody knows. But they expect maybe it might be a long life, who knows, long life in terms of our understanding. Maybe somebody will live till 50 or somebody till 60, somebody till 70, Allah knows best. And somebody doesn't see the end of their study period also. They don't even get to their graduation. Some graduate and they don't get to work also, they're already gone. And some work, they barely started even paying off the debts that they had undertaken. And they're gone before that. All these are realities of life, but the point we were making is, that people undertake the short term sacrifice because they know now it's six years, five years, three years, whatever course they've gone to study. So it's a, whether it's three years, it's five years, it's six years, it's short term compared to what they are looking at it compared to in their minds to a life of maybe 60 years or 70 years. They're saying six years compared to 60 years, 10% fine, no problem. So 10% of a person's life He's prepared to endure the difficulties, the hardships, the sacrifices and all the other challenges that go along with it for the long-term benefits that he can see behind it. Now this is a universal principle that everybody accepts. That any intelligent person will undertake short-term sacrifices, short-term difficulties when there is apparently good hope of getting long-term benefits out of this. Whereas nothing is guaranteed in dunya. 
Nobody can say that anything is guaranteed. But we take it. Why? Because of the long-term benefits we apparently see in it. Now in that time, there are a lot of challenges, a lot of difficulties, a lot of grief. One person told me that while he was studying, the most difficult days of the year for him was the days of Eid. Now for how many years he was studying away from home and he says the days of Eid used to be the most depressing for him. And now once one year came, he experienced that depression. He says on the night before Eid, the eve of Eid, he used to be depressed because he's far away from family and he's far away from home. And there were times when there were others where he was studying, there were others who would invite him, come join us the next day for a meal, etc. They would take him home also. But he says all that could not really take away that feeling of depression from his heart. He was feeling totally down. Uh, he experienced it this year. He knows next year was coming up. Maybe the first day it was the first time he experienced it. He already knows next year was coming up. But he didn't give up his studies and run away. Why? It's a sacrifice. He's going to feel very down. He's going to be away from home. He's going to be away from his family. He's going to be away from all the excitement and all the enjoyment and everything. He's going to be alone sitting in his room somewhere. He used to feel totally depressed. He says you take days to get over it after that. So he knows what's coming up next year, but he's just sitting it out. Fine, it's going to come, I'm going to feel that way, but life will pass. Those days will come, those days will go. Why? Because after the six years, then I will then enjoy the benefits of this sacrifice. In terms of dunya, obviously, that I will be able to live a better life. This is all now in our minds. I will have a more luxurious life, more comfortable life, more money, more uh, other privileges. So for all that, a person undertakes those sacrifices. Yes, if a person has lived himself correctly, he has conducted himself correctly, then he uses that skill that he has acquired correctly. He uses it for the benefit of the makhluk of Allah wa ta'ala, uses it to enhance his deen and the deen of others, to fulfill his needs, his needs of his family. He stays within the limits of Shariat. Alhamdulillah that too becomes a means of great benefit for him in dunya and greater benefit for him in akhirat. But the point that we are to learn from this is that despite the person having experienced that depression, he was broken hearted. person cried also. Now, an adult person, he's now outwardly a very, very strong and macho person and he can take anybody on a fight and he's sitting quietly and crying on the day of Eid. Why? Because he's feeling depressed. He's feeling alone. He's feeling that he's got nobody to give him company. But he still undertook it the next year. He didn't give up his studies. He didn't give up his work. He carried on the third year. Why? Because he sees the benefits coming. Now we are getting into this in depth. But the lesson that we want to take from this is that for that 10% of his life, he's sacrificing 10% of his life what he expects to be 10%. It could be half his life. It could be maybe 20%. Allah knows best. It could be even a bigger time compared from the time he started studying, whatever is left. It could be a very big percentage. It could be 50%. But for something that is 
just a hope. It's a hope. Maybe it's a strong hope, but it's a hope. For a hope, he's making all these sacrifices. On the other hand, this dunya, we said, cannot compare to the akhirat in terms of how temporary it is, that it is not 0,001% also. It's not even 0,001%. It will be some so minute fraction that it is nothing. Because the akhirat is eternal. Something temporary, something eternal, something that's temporary cannot be compared to it. The akhirat, for a person who has lived his life correctly here, then the benefits of akhirat are a certainty. The person who studied well, who dedicated himself, the benefits of all that is not a certainty. It's a hope. He might never live to see the benefits. There are people in the world with big, big degrees. They're walking around without a job. One person from South Africa emigrated overseas. Some years back, he's still there. After almost a year and a half, I met somebody from his family. So I asked them, how so and so? They make dua for him. What happened? Why? What's any problem? He says, no, he still didn't get a job. Why he didn't get a job? See, he's too highly qualified. He is too highly qualified. Nobody wants to take him on. That you are too highly qualified for what we want to do. And therefore we can't pay you for what your degree is worth. Now he's got such a big degree that he's walking jobless. Can we imagine that a person became so highly qualified that he got unemployed? There's nobody ready to employ him. Now, when he was undertaking that degree after degree and getting bigger qualifications, he was seeing bigger dreams. And in order to enhance or to, to achieve those dreams, he emigrated. He emigrated and he became jobless. Now this is dunya. This is how uncertain dunya is. And akhirat, Allah Ta'ala says, وَأَمَّا مَنْ خَافَ مَقَامَ رَبِّهِ وَنَهَنْ نَفْسَ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ فَإِنَّ الْجَنَّةَ هِيَ الْمَأْوَىٰ That the person who restrains himself from the temptations of nafs. And he fears. Why is he restraining himself? He fears standing in front of Allah Ta'ala. The person who fears standing on the day of Qiyamah and giving an account of his deeds, that life is not the be all and end all. There's a day of judgment coming. I have to stand in front of Allah Ta'ala and I have to give an account of my deeds. So this life is a very, very temporary place. I got to now restrain myself. I got to hold back myself from all the desires, from the temptations. Why? Because I have to stand in front of Allah Ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah. Now the person who, with this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, refrains from all sin, fulfills the obligations of deen, for how long? For this very, very, very temporary life. For this very, very short life. Because compared to something eternal, it is extremely short. Hazrat Nuh he lived for more than a thousand years. More than a thousand years. His nubuat alone was 950 years. When he was asked, how did you feel this life? When he was now passing away, or shortly before that, how did you feel this life? He said, it was like, I entered one door of a house, from the one side, 
and like I left the house on the other door. I just walked through. I just walked through one door and left through the other door. This is how temporary this dunya is. So now the person who restrained himself in dunya fulfilled the commands of Allah Ta'ala, stayed away from haram. Then Allah Ta'ala says, فَإِنَّ الْجَنَّةَ هِيَ الْمَأْوَى The jannat is a certainty for that person. And what is jannat? مَا لَا عَيْنٌ رَأَتْ وَلَا أُذُنٌ سَمِعَتْ وَلَا خَطَرَ عَلَى قَلْبِ بَشَرٍ Which no eye has seen, which no ear has ever heard of, and which no heart can even conceive, can imagine. This is a certainty. It's not a hope. But provided a person conducts himself correctly with iman and amal saliha And a person is insan, made a mistake, sincerely makes toba, istighfar, the doors of toba are open. Allah Ta'ala's rahmat rushes to that person who makes sincere toba. Now the point that we made initially was that any intelligent person undertakes short-term sacrifice for long-term benefit. In dunya it happens all the time. And whereas the benefits of dunya I hope and the benefits of dunya also are a real minute little just a dot of what the akhirat is. It's not even anything compared to the akhirat. But for that little dunya we undertake big sacrifices. Everybody does it. So when the akhirat is everlasting and the ni'mats and the bounties of akhirat are beyond imagination and for those who restrain themselves then the akhirat is a certainty. So is it not any intelligent person's only choice that I am going to restrain myself and any sacrifice that has to come in this regard I am ready for it. We should never ask for sacrifice meaning for difficulties. We should never ask for problems. We should keep asking for afiyat. Ya Allah, give me safety, give me protection from any difficulty, from any hardship, from any tests, from any trials. We should ask for that afiyat all the time. But, if some sacrifice is required, some test comes, some little uh, sacrifice has to be made of our feelings, sometimes some grief has to be born, then a person who has this everlasting akhirat in front will say, I will take whatever comes but I will not displease Allah Ta'ala. Sometimes the family might become negative towards one. Everybody is doing something, I go to stay alone. Sometimes it might become one's friends. Sometimes it might become society in general and many, many things of this nature will happen. But a person who has this akhirat in front, they will take this grief, this pain in the heart, this broken heartedness also in a positive way. And indeed, everything is really just in the mind. Grief is just in the mind. It's really just in the mind. It all depends on how one takes it. If one takes it correctly, then the physical pain will be there because we are insan. But that physical pain will be overcome by the mental joy that a person has. Hazrat Haram bin Milhan radiallahu ta'ala he is attacked and one disbeliever he 
pierces his spear through Hazrat Haram bin Milhan from the back and it comes out all the way through his body out of his chest and the blood gushes out when this blood gushes out he obviously can see now what's going on meaning he knows now this is the last moment when the last moment comes then only the reality of the heart speaks all the pretenses all the prepared speeches everything is forgotten what is really inside that is what comes out one person had uh, kept a parrot so he had the parrot he brought up the parrot from a long time from the parrot parrot was a little just a few days old and now he trained this parrot as it grew so he carried on training it training it for what? to speak and to say la ilaha illallah now the parrot day in and day out la ilaha illallah is making more zikr than everybody and anybody comes the visitors everybody is so thrilled about this parrot la ilaha illallah la ilaha illallah I just carried on and on one day so this parrot might have made more zikr than the whole family and the whole community also one day the parrot's cage got left open so we got left open so this parrot sneaked out it came out of the cage and now it started jumping around now it was in the room so it started jumping around the floor etc the cat which was sitting for years maybe and every day dreaming that someday this parrot will come into my claws and this is how I will eat it now this cat was sitting and dreaming dreaming and dreaming and that was the day when his dream came true now it was sitting in one corner again and now it sees suddenly that this parrot is jumping around on the floor so it suddenly pounced and it had this parrot in one slam it had it pinned down and then the next thing was that this parrot it, it grabbed the neck of this parrot and now it was about to bite so now it was about to bite now this life of this parrot started coming out now as its life started coming out what happened which kalima it started reading it started, started squawking like the parrot its original what is its own inside because that kalima was on its beak was on its tongue but within it was the squawking of a parrot that very irritating sound it makes squawking sound so it died making that squawking sound so our mashayikh give this example and they say look we can have everything on our tongue we can have big big talks on our tongue we can have all the flowery speeches on our tongue and we can say many things about ourselves and make big big claims and all these things on our tongue but when the crunch time comes then what is in the heart is what will come out then at that time all the imitation will just disappear in one moment it will just be gone and what is the reality will speak so in the heart of a person if the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala is there the greatness of Allah Ta'ala is there the person lived la ilaha illallah then at that time also a person will leave dunya with the name of Allah Ta'ala on the tongue because that is what is in the heart and if in the heart is dunya in the heart is haram in the heart is illicit things in the heart is haram relationships in the heart is all other evil 
then Allah forbid at that time when a person is leaving dunya that is what will surface people left the world people around were now making talqeen and encouraging the person to recite kalima the person left the world saying 2 rand 50 or 10 rand or whatever he's shouting still that same thing whatever dunya he was shouting all the time so the thing that we are talking about is we digressed a bit that the short term sacrifice for long term benefit this is a common principle of dunya that people are ready to do this to make short term sacrifices for long term benefit why? because they see all the things that they can then do later dunya is very short term akhirat is everlasting it's not long term it's everlasting term so in dunya sometimes many challenges come challenges may come in a physical form challenges may come in a financial form and most often the challenges come in an emotional form but a person it depends how you take it it's all in the mind when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam we were talking about the incident of Haram bin Milhan and the spear now came right through his body and the blood started gushing out so he puts his two hands in front together like how a person raises his hands in dua so the blood gushed into his hands and then he took these hands and like how after dua a person passes his hands over his face he took that blood filled hands and he passed it over his face and he said Fustu wa Rabbil Kaaba that inside we were talking about what is inside that inside he could see that sacrifices are bringing the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala he could see those sacrifices bringing the love of Allah Ta'ala he could see that pain and suffering bringing the everlasting bounties of Jannat so now when the suffering reached a peak he's being pierced his body is being pierced by a spear and going through perhaps his heart because it came out on the other end he saw the peak of success in this and he now exclaims without any preparation this is something which not the tongue is speaking the heart is speaking he says by Allah I am now successful by Allah I have succeeded and now this was such a thing that it amazed the person who pierced the spear through him that person is shocked I am successful or I am supposed to be the one who is successful that I killed him he died I won so to say he is talking about success what success he is talking about he later on then inquires what was this person saying and when he is explained he says give me this kalima also he becomes a Muslim he became a Muslim on what on this person's expression of joy that he became successful how that his life now was taken in the path of Allah Ta'ala so it's how a person takes it Nabi Wasallam's finger got injured in one of the battles and it started oozing with blood now it's painful just cut your somebody don't do it deliberately obviously somebody just gets a slight cut it stings it pains now this was bleeding also it might have been badly injured Nabi Wasallam is addressing it and he's saying وَهَلْ أَنْتِ إِلَّا إِسْبَعِنْ دَمِيتِ وَفِي سَبِيلِ اللَّهِ مَا لَقِيتِ you are just a little finger that has become bloodied that blood is oozing out of it now and that too has happened in the path of Allah Ta'ala. so what grief is there any reason to be grieved about this this is an occasion of happiness that this sacrifice has happened in the path of Allah Ta'ala. 
Now this is that mindset. This is that focus of mind that made that physical pain small. And the excitement from within the heart, emotional excitement overcame the physical pain. So likewise, when a person handles these emotional challenges correctly, then that becomes easy to bear and in that also that emotional challenge is a challenge but it is like that cloud which is dark which has a silver lining and that silver lining shines so brightly that the darkness of that cloud also gets becomes insignificant our Hazrat Wala my Sheikh Hazrat Masha Hakimot Akhtar Sahib there are some couplets of his in which he expresses this one couplet very simple couplet what an easy couplet meaning very very simple words but what a message he gives in there his whole life was dedicated to one message that stay away from haram stay away from sin stay away from all haram relationships stay far away from the opposite gender all the non-mahrams so one couplet he now expressed this he said, Inse fasle, unse kuch fasle mufid rahe. Unse kuch fasle mufid rahe. Mere ayyame gham bhi eid rahe. Unse fasle meaning that I had to distance myself from all these haram beauties. The non-mahrams, etc. Don't look at them also. Don't get anywhere close to them. Don't interact with them. Whether it's cousins, whether it's by the dozens, whoever. Now, in doing that, there is a pain in the heart. Staying far away from them, keeping my distance, this was very beneficial for me. But then what he says, In staying away, there was some gham, there was some grief, there was some emotional challenge, there was a breaking of the heart. But But that breaking of the heart also, because I was conscious that this is happening for Allah Ta'ala and Allah Ta'ala's pleasure is now descending upon me Allah Ta'ala's love is descending upon me those days of grief also became Eid for me my days of grief also were in reality Eid for me now how can grief be Eid so the very simple example that is always used that a person who is eating something very spicy some people like it so hot that Allah knows best what's inside them they're probably already burning from within there's a fire inside already so the person likes it so hot but that person who's eating that spicy food he is apparently in total suffering he, his tongue is on fire his mouth is burning his eyes are watering his nose is running and he's making all kinds of sounds also which are expressing pain but try to tell him and convince him that why put yourself through this pain stop eating this he says give me more so why you want more so he's saying no this is pain but there's a lot of pleasure in this pain how can there be pleasure in pain so ask him and ask any person who enjoys that spicy food it's not that they're feeling it sweet no they're feeling it very very spicy and hot and they're feeling that pain they're feeling that sting but they want it to sting more because they're getting some pleasure out of that pain when a person is conscious that this is I'm doing this for my Allah 
for my creator for my sustainer and this pain that I'm feeling in my heart this is taking me closer to Allah Ta'ala and Allah Ta'ala is with the broken hearted in the hadith Qudsi Allah Ta'ala says I'm with the broken hearted those who break their hearts for me for Allah Ta'ala's sake that they will undertake some difficulty but they won't displease Allah Ta'ala so this is dunya after all some challenges will come but when the person is conscious I'm doing this for Allah Ta'ala I'm doing this for my Rabb I'm doing this for the one who gave me life for the one who's keeping me alive for the one who's nourishing me for the one who's sustaining me for the one who's allowing me to breathe his free air Allah Ta'ala made this air free to breathe close our mouth, close our nose and see how long we can say like that don't breathe and see how long 30 seconds, 45 seconds 60 seconds, how much more then a person is going to start getting a, losing consciousness and then he'll be gone so just for one minute also we can't stay without the air Allah Ta'ala has provided for that Allah I'm making this little sacrifice I'm sacrificing my emotions I'm sacrificing my feelings but Allah is becoming happy with me and this little gham this grief that comes in the path of Allah Ta'ala many many mujahadas people used to make in order to gain this closeness to Allah Ta'ala great mujahada that is the voluntary type great mujahada of the voluntary type the whole night in tahajjud long long rakats of salah fasting every day as long as it's not the haram days obviously and other ibadats great amount of it what was this for? to get that closeness of Allah Ta'ala and they got me in that manner we are not of that capacity but this little gham for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala this little grief for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala it brings that closeness to Allah Ta'ala that grief which comes from withstanding from restraining oneself from haram I want to say something I realize this is ghibat no I can't say it so now I'm feeling a little bit some, some challenge within me to hold myself back I want to look at something but it's haram so I will now hold myself back so there's a pain in the heart I want to chat to somebody but the chat is haram so now my friends are doing it everybody else they're talking about some boys and doing this and that and the other and I'm sitting like some like I got nobody to sit with in the world so now I'm feeling lonely I'm feeling a pain yes we are insan we'll feel the pain but this pain is for Allah Ta'ala now that pain that gham that pain brings that closeness to Allah Ta'ala a few minutes of that pain will bring that closeness to Allah Ta'ala which in life night entire night of tahajjud won't bring a person that close this few minutes of this grief for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala will bring a person that qurb that closeness to Allah Ta'ala which a whole night of tahajjud cannot bring a person that close whereas tahajjud is a very great ibadat don't ever think of it as something small but if tahajjud is taking a person for example just in our understanding if he's taking him maybe 100 kilometers ahead this few minutes of grief for the, for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala alone to stay away from haram is taking him 1000 kilometers ahead so this is not something that is uh, a musibat an azab this is an operation of sorts to take a person far ahead people subject themselves to all kinds of operations in dunya to be able to move on in life and have a better quality of life so a person pays for it 
250,000, 300,000 rands. Now you hear that their heart bypass has gone to 500,000 rands in private hospitals. But the person says, I have a better quality of life. But how much of pain that is going to bring along? How much of difficulty is going to bring along? He's paying to have it. So this pain for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala is an unseen operation to make a person speed up ahead. Our Hazrat Wala, one couplet of his, which he expresses the same thing, and subhanallah how he expresses it he says gira ke bijli mera nasheman jala ke apna bana liya hai ghamon ke phoolon se mere dil ko bara-e maskan saja liya hai subhanallah this was only his kamal to have expressed it in this way may allah taala elevate his stages in the akhirat and give him the highest position what a lesson he has left for us he came to south africa at a time when many Akabir had left the dunya and he came and he lit the hearts of people with the fire of the love of Allah Ta'ala at that time when so many of the Akabir had already left there was a kind of darkness that was being so to say perceived and he came in at such a time and he brought alive this love of the Muhammad of Allah Ta'ala any case this, this couplet that he says that now he's given an example like a strike of lightning so the lightning sometimes it falls on something and that lightning when it strikes and it falls on some aspect it burns it. So he says that this lightning struck on my nest. I had a little nest. Uh, he's comparing like a bird now. So I had a little nest and this lightning came. But this lightning came and burnt my nest. In other words, this some condition came from the side of Allah Ta'ala and burnt my nest what I thought was now a comfortable situation for me I was carrying on life in doing my own things haram whatever I thought I was enjoying life now this gham came and it burnt my nest and forget haram even apparently sometimes a permissible condition but when this burned the nest in dunya when that lightning strikes the nest and burns it that's the end of it that's destruction but he says when this lightning came from Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala made my nest His now. Allah Ta'ala now made this His. And then He says, now when a person wants to make a house, then He also decorates it. So now Allah Ta'ala made my nest His. He burnt it. He made it His. So now He wants to decorate it also. So when a person in dunya wants to decorate it, they'll bring some roses, then they'll bring some flowers and put something here and there and some frame. How does Allah Ta'ala decorate this for Him? So he says, Ghamo ke phoolo se mere dil ko bara-e maskan saja liya hai. With the flowers of grief, the grief in the heart of a mu'min for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. These are the flowers that Allah Ta'ala blesses that heart of that mu'min. We should not ask for this deliberately. But when it comes, it's a gift. Provided it's for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. We're not crying merely because of dunya we are crying out of the love of Allah Ta'ala or for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala we bearing the pain, the pain is bringing the cry but the cry is for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala that pain is being born for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala so he says that Allah Ta'ala decorated this house this nest that was now burned down Allah Ta'ala decorated it with the flowers of grief that came in my heart and now Allah Ta'ala made it his home so this is not a small thing this is a very big thing and if a person's life goes away in this also, Jan di di hui usi ki thi. 
حق تو یہ ہے کہ حق ادا نہ ہو سکا if a person gave his life then where did that life come from that life too came from Allah Ta'ala the truth is that even in giving our life we have not fulfilled the haq of Allah Ta'ala so the lesson in all this is that some challenges will come in dunya when a person wants to undertake the right paths when a person wants to go ahead towards Allah Ta'ala there will be challenges sometimes there will be financial challenges sometimes there will be physical challenges and many times and more often than not especially in your condition in your stage of life in your age there will be emotional challenges there will be people making comments that will make you feel down there will be people saying things there will be people doing things there will be people putting obstacles in your way there will be people making you feel like you are somebody alien and this brings emotional challenges it makes a person feel low it makes a person feel down but then you turn it remind yourself that you are undertaking this only for your Rabb only for Allah Ta'ala only for your creator and sustainer and nourisher not for anybody else and then see how that gham and that grief gets transferred into a kind of ajeeb pleasure you feel pain, pleasure in that pain and you feel that closeness to Allah Ta'ala and in that you forget about all the challenges of dunya what is very important in this is that this be coupled with the zikr of Allah Ta'ala from the depth of the heart that istighfar, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah hundred times a day at other times durood sharif as well and la hawla wa la quwwata illa billahi al-aliyil azim and then we will see how this little time in dunya as we said this is short term very short term will become happy to undertake the sacrifices for the everlasting life of the akhirat may allah tabarak wa taala give me and all of us the tawfiq wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin allahumma lak alhamd kulluhu wa lak ash-shukr kulluhu allahumma la nuhsi thana'an alayk أنت كما أثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعفو وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله رب العالمين